Well, in the Old Testament, there are two books that actually in Hebrew scriptures are combined to one, but we have them as two. They're called Ezra and Nehemiah. A lot of times they're just called Ezra and Nehemiah because they're together. They tell the story of Israel's people, many of Israel's people, coming back from exile, from being in Babylon and then needing to return. And when they get back, Jerusalem is just in, in shatters. Uh, and the temple is destroyed. And so Ezra and Nehemiah help them come back and start to build Jerusalem up and start to build the temple back up. And Nehemiah writes in Nehemiah 8, starting in verse 9, And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept as they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way. Eat the fat and drink the sweet wine and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to the Lord. And do not be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I want you to think about that for a second. Uh, do you know how many other things are not the strength then? Like, I don't know, if I was writing, I might say, the strength of the Lord is my strength. Right? The power of the Lord is my strength. The peace of the Lord, that's my strength. The words of the Lord, the rightness of the Lord, the history of the Lord. But no, what does Nehemiah say to the people? The joy of the Lord is our strength. What would it be if we actually took seriously this idea that actually our strength as people in this world come from the joy of the Lord? Not just our joy, but when God's joy gets inside of us, right? And what if that's our strength? How many of you feel like you don't have a lot of strength, right? You feel like, oh, I'm just too weak. I don't think I can get through this this, this week. Oh, I, I just don't have enough. I don't have it in me to keep going like this. Well, let me ask you a question. How's your joy? How is your joy? If I take a look at your life, are you full of joy? How much do you smile? How much do you laugh? How much do you really enjoy? What's the last thing you did that you really enjoyed right what if actually the joy of the lord is our strength and what if the way my teacher len sweet says it is the church has a serious problem right serious we're way too serious okay how many of you church people do do church people come across as really joyful a lot of churches seem real joyful to you well maybe that's why some of our churches are so weak because we're not filled with the strength that is the the joy of the Lord. And if the Easter story is true, then we ought to be people of joy, exuberance and fun and smiling and laughing. And still somehow we manage to make that all sound very, very serious. I think we have a serious problem on our hands. And I think it's time that we have some joy. Maybe we need to find strength in our joy. So today, we're going to try to find a little joy. So Presbyterians, take a little bit of a deep breath and exhale, relax the tension that you feel when you walk in this room, and let's just have a little bit of fun and a little bit of joy today. Visiting his grandparents, a small boy opened the big family Bible. He was fascinated as he fingered through the old pages. Then suddenly, something fell out. 
He picked it up and found that it was an old leaf that had been pressed into the pages. Mama, look what I found, he called out. Well, what do you, you got there, dear? asked the mother. In astonishment in his voice, he says, I think it's Adam's underwear. <laughs> A pastor's wife was preparing pancakes for her young sons. The boys began to argue over who would get the first pancake. Their mother saw the opportunity to teach a lesson. She said, if Jesus were sitting here, he would say, let my brother have the first pancake and I can wait. Then the oldest boy turned to his younger brother and said, great, you be Jesus. (laughs) For our pastor's 50th birthday, the congregation decided to give him a new suit. He was so touched by the gift that the following Sunday he stood before everyone and said with tears in his eyes, today I am preaching in my birthday suit. (laughs) George Burns once said, the secret to a good sermon is to have a good beginning and a good ending and to have the two as close together as possible. (laughs) A drunk man who smelled like beer sat on the subway next to a priest reading the paper. The man, his tie was stained, his face was plastered in red lipstick, half an empty bottle of gin was sticking out of his torn coat pocket, but he was there reading the paper. After a few minutes, the man turned to the priest and said, Say, Father, what causes arthritis? And the priest said, My son, it's caused by loose living, being cheap, wicked women, too much alcohol, and contempt for your fellow man. The man said, Well, I'll be darned. Then he returned to his paper. Then the priest began to feel guilty, and he turned to the man and he said, Look, I'm sorry, that was not very loving of me. That was not very charitable of me. Tell me, how long have you had arthritis? And the man said, Well, I don't have it, Father, but the paper says that the Pope does. (laughs) An atheist said to a pastor, Do you honestly believe that Noah spent three days and nights in the belly of a huge fish. The preacher said, I don't know, sir, but when I get to heaven, I'll ask him. But suppose he isn't in heaven, the atheist said. The preacher said, well, then you ask him. (laughs) Sunday school teacher was describing how Lot's wife turned back and turned into a pillar of salt. James interrupted and stood up and said, my mom looked back once while she was driving and turned into a telephone pole. Father O'Malley answered the phone. Hello, is this Father O'Malley? It is. This is the IRS. Can you help us with something? I can. Do you know Ted Houlihan? I do. Is he a member of your congregation? He is. Did he donate $10,000 to the church this year? He will. Big Ed seemed to always be falling asleep during the Sunday sermon. His wife was fed up with it and was embarrassed by it and decided she was going to embarrass him. So the next Sunday, when he fell asleep, she quietly removed some really pungent Limburger cheese from a Ziploc bag in her purse and passed it under his nose. Groggily startled, Big Ed blurted out, No, Helen, no, don't kiss me right now. Uh, I had a day yesterday full of joy. 
Um, I, we had a birthday party for my son. He uh, turned 13 last month. And uh, so we had a Nerf party, okay, in the basement of the church. We took half the basement and made it into an arena to shoot. And we just had a total blast. So if you're down there for spaghetti dinner, you find a Nerf bullet. That's probably what it's from. Um, but we just had a great time. It was, he, we've been trying to do that party since you were 10. Remember, it was because of COVID, we didn't have it. And we finally got it in. It was a blast. And one of my favorite parts was uh, several of us dads and uncles and grandfathers, we plotted. We didn't tell our kids this, but we brought camo and face paint. And a couple of them even brought special guns. And we came downstairs in the middle of the party, suddenly ready for war. And the energy in the room just erupted as the dads loaded up and we, sh- we uh, took on our children. Uh, it was fun, wasn't it? Yeah. There's something deeply therapeutic, by the way, about shooting your children in the face with a Nerf gun. I don't know. The, the last round was the funniest because I said we were letting them, like, if you got shot, you had to go somewhere, touch something, and then you could get back in. We call it respawning. And I said, you could only respawn in this last round if you have an epic death. So kids would get shot by Nerf guns, and then they'd go, and then they'd fall over. And if they did, they could come back in. It was a lot of fun. Joy, where's your joy? Where's your joy? Last year for uh, Holy Humor, I told you a couple of my joyful communion stories. I had one where I, I went to rip the bread, and about a piece the size of a baseball came shooting out of the host. And into the crowd, it was, it was a great time. I have, uh, I have another one where I, I went to pour the juice into the cup, but I started too high, you know? And so the juice went into the communion cup and then ramped up the other side and poured on the table. So I told a couple communion stories, and I, but I have two new ones this year to add. One that happened to me and one that happened to somebody else. I was, uh, I was at presbytery meeting I don't know, a month and a half ago, and we were at the chapel at Westminster College. It was kind of cold in there. They had left the door open, so it was real cold. And everybody was coughing, and everybody was like sneezing. And It was one of those like post-COVID, you're like, I'm getting sick right now. And then they announced partway through the meeting that we're having communion. Oh, and it's intinction. So you got to rip the bread and drink the cup. And I'm looking around. Intinction, I don't know. If you've ever served intinction, you see how many fingertips go in there. Right. And then post COVID, I just don't know how we're going back to it at this point with the way we see germs. But apparently the presbytery doesn't agree because they're serving it. And I am sitting in the back. Right. Which means I'm going like last. Okay, And so I didn't know what I was going to do. Do I just not go forward? So here's what here's what I decided to do. I pump faked it. So I took the bread. And then I put it like I was going in the cup, but I just didn't go all the way in. I figured no one will know, except my friend that was holding the cup knew. (laughs) I watched her look at me like, what are you doing? And then like start to get angry. And so I just real quick put it in my mouth and walked and we just haven't talked about it since. So I got no juice that time. But a friend of mine, when I was out west, told me a story of where he got too much juice. Okay, he was, he's Lutheran, and so he was at this big service where he had his collar on, he had the robe on, you know, and there were like bishops and stuff from the denomination. It was like a hoity-toity sort of communion service. And so he went up towards the end to take communion, and his friend was serving the communion. 
And, and when he went to dip in, what his friend did was this. Boop. <laughs> he just picked up the cup real quick. So instead of the bread getting in the juice, it went all the way up to his knuckles. <laughs> okay? So, so now he's got a problem. He's in a row. He's got all these people around. So what he subtly does is a little shake. This is smart, I think. And then he put it in. But when he put it in, he just put it way back and gave a little suck. And then, like, that was as good as he was going to get it, I guess. I've had a couple of humorous funeral experiences in the last year, too. Uh, I did one funeral at a little cemetery here in Wilmington. And uh, it was for, like, five people. It was a graveside. It was kind of interesting. I didn't really know the family. But we showed up, and the, the, the cemetery was right next to a field of sheep. And all the sheep were right there. They were, like, right there. And so it was really hard to get started because the sheep are, like, making all these noises. And then one of my first scriptures, I said, the Lord is my shepherd. And a sheep went, bah, right there. It was beautiful. Um, I... <laughs> The other interesting thing about funerals, I don't know when the last time you've been to a funeral in the funeral home, but one of the big things has become the conversation about music you play right before and after the sermon or the, the service. And um, so the funeral home has to like help families decide what songs they want to play before and after. And if it's in the it's in the church, I can handle that. But if it's over at the funeral home, I really don't have a lot of say in that. But a couple of times they've called me just to make sure um, one person was a huge ACDC fan. And they said, the family really wants to be dismissed to ACDC. Do you think that would be okay? Now, if I was in the church, I would have said no. But over there, I, I didn't, like, it's not really my call. But I said, I would not play Highway to Hell. <laughs> like, <there's, laughs> right? I would not play Hell's Bells. They ended up playing the song Back in Black, which ironically has this great line, pull up the hearse because I'll never die. Right? <laughs> And um, it was wrong. They needed the hearse. But that's... I did, I did another funeral where the family really wanted the song Tennessee Whiskey to play right before the service. Okay, Chris Stapleton. And I thought, that's kind of inappropriate, right? And then I saw the pictures. And I was like, nah, it's kind of appropriate. <laughs> it, it, it actually fit. It worked pretty well. Uh, and then I had one other funeral story where um, I did a funeral here, and uh, one of the children of the deceased came to me afterwards and said, Jordan, man, that funeral was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. And I thought, what kind of backhanded comment was that? Like, what kind of train wreck did you expect me to do here? All right, in research... For Holy Humor Sunday, I came across a great list of actual announcements that were in bulletins that didn't say what they were supposed to say. So some are typos, some are errors, but I'm going to roll through some of these. Um, so here's a couple of events that uh, definitely this is not what they intended. So you have to imagine these in the bulletin. Thursday night, potluck supper. Prayer and medication to follow. <laughs> Weight watchers will meet at 7 p.m. at First Presbyterian Church. Please use large double door at side entrance. 
Low self-esteem support group will meet Thursday. Please use back door. The eighth graders will be presenting Shakespeare's Hamlet at the church basement Friday at 7 p.m. The congregation is invited to this tragedy. <laughs> ladies' Bible study will be held Thursday morning at 10. All ladies are invited to lunch in the fellowship hall after the BS is done. <laughs> okay, here's a couple good typos. All singles are invited to join us Friday at 7 p.m. for the annual Christmas sing-alone. <laughs> the rosebuds on the altar this morning is to announce the birth of David Allen Belzar, the sin of Reverend and Mrs. Julius Belzer. The Outreach Committee has enlisted 25 visitors to make calls on people who are not currently afflicted with any church. <laughs> Attend, and you will hear an excellent speaker and heave a healthy lunch. The pastor is on vacation. Massages can be given to the church secretary. Okay, here's a few more that wasn't what people meant. For those of you who have children and don't know it, there is a nursery downstairs. <laughs> this afternoon, there will be a meeting in the south and north ends of the church. Children will be baptized at both ends. This being Easter Sunday, we will ask Mrs. Lewis to come forward and lay an egg on the altar. <laughs> A bean supper will be held Tuesday evening in the church hall. Music to follow. Our youth basketball team is back in action Wednesday at 8 p.m. in the recreation hall. Come and watch us kill Christ the King. Miss Charlene Mason saying, I will not pass this way again, giving obvious pleasure to the congregation. <laughs> Rummage sale. The ladies of the church have cast off clothing of every kind, and they may be seen in the church basement Friday. <laughs> ladies, don't forget the rummage sale. It's a chance to get rid of those things not worth keeping around the house. And don't forget your husbands. Okay, I've got a couple for the choir. At the evening service tonight, the sermon topic will be, What is Hell? Come early and listen to the choir practice. <laughs> Next Thursday will be tryouts for the choir. They need all the help they can get. Eight new robes are currently needed for the choir due to the addition of several new members and the deterioration of some older ones. <laughs> you gotta watch the reference that you're trying to make in a sentence. Okay, here's a couple for pastors. <laughs> Wednesday, the Ladies Litur uh, Liturgy Society will meet. Mrs. Jones will sing, put me in a little bed, accompanied by the pastor. <laughs> Mrs. 
Barbara remains in the hospital and needs blood donors for more transfusions. She is also having trouble sleeping and requests tape of Pastor Jack's sermons. <laughs> the pastor would appreciate if the ladies of the congregation would lend him their electric girdles for the pancake breakfast next Sunday morning. <laughs> the Reverend Merriweather spoke briefly, much to the delight of the audience. This, this one, though. Thursday at 5 p.m., there will be a meeting of the Little Mothers Club. All wishing to become Little Mothers, please see the minister in his study. <laughs> couple of, couple of uh, couple ones I've actually seen. Um, I've actually seen people uh, on, on Ash Wednesday bulletins. It often says, remember that you are but dust, and to dust you shall return. But occasionally an extra T will show up in there. Right? So it says, remember that you are butt dust. <laughs> Changes the meaning of Ash Wednesday dramatically. The one I am very careful about because I've made this mistake is uh, angels. I write angles almost every time. And I remember one Advent, we sang angles from the realms of glory. <laughs> this actually happened to my dad. It went... The women's group will meet next Saturday at for the Christmas party where the secret Santa sisters will reveal themselves. <laughs> oh. Okay, a couple of my favorites. Bertha Belch, a missionary from Africa, will be speaking tonight at Calvary Methodist. Come here, Bertha Belch, all the way from Africa. <laughs> oh. Scouts are saving aluminum cans, bottles, and other items to be recycled. Proceeds will be used to cripple children. <laughs> Please place your donation in the envelope along with a deceased person you want remembered. Please remember in prayer the many who are sick of our church and community. <laughs> Last week, the associate minister unveiled the church's new tithing campaign slogan, I upped my pledge, up yours. <laughs> All right, two jokes to finish us up. The pastor said to a woman in church, I couldn't help but notice your husband walked out during the sermon this morning. The woman responded, don't take it personally, pastor. He's been walking in his sleep for years. <laughs> New minister stood at the church door greeting members as they left the Sunday morning service. Most of the people were very generous in telling the new ministry minister how they liked his message, except for one man who said, that was very dull and boring sermon, Pastor. A few minutes later, the man came through the line again and said, I don't think you did much preparation for your message. Once again, the man got back in line and muttered to himself as he walked past, you really blew it. You didn't have anything to say, Pastor. The new pastor couldn't take it any longer. He pulled aside one of the deacons who were on the pastoral nominating committee and said, what is going on with that guy? He seems really upset. He said, Deacon said, listen, don't let that guy bother you. 
He's a little slow. All he really does is go around repeating what he hears other people say. <laughs> I hope this was fun. Remember to laugh. Be people of joy. Be people that smile. Be people that can find the humor in life because I am telling you, Nehemiah is right. The joy of the Lord is our strength. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.